0: Okay, so we are doing now Sunday's portion of the parsha, the section of Cheruma, which is discussing the dedications of all the items for the tabernacle in the desert. So God spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel and they shall take to me a portion. From every man whose heart will motivate him, you shall take my portion. So Rashi explains, "What doesn't mean take for me a portion. It doesn't make sense to say you're just giving this contribution to God because obviously God possesses everything. You're not giving him something he doesn't have. So Rashi says it means, for me, means dedicated to my name. A portion, meaning something set aside, set aside some of their money as a contribution to give items for the tabernacle, whose heart will motivate him, which expresses, Rashi says, it's a voluntary contribution. You should, which we'll understand soon when we're clarifying as a voluntary contribution. You shall take my portion. So there were three portions. In Between this verse and the next verse, we have the word portion, truma, three times to allude to three portions, three trumas, two of which are mandatory and the one we're discussing right now, which is voluntary. One was a half shekel per person of silver in which they made the sockets for the beams and pillars of the tabernacle. So that was mandatory. Every person has to give a half of the shekel coin. Another one that was also mandatory is another half shekel per person that they would have boxes that in the town of the temple, they would have three boxes that were put the chamber in the temple, and everyone had to put in there a half coin, a half shekel. And from these funds, they purchased all the communal sacrifices for the year. And the third one is what we're talking about now, which is every person giving whatever they want to give to build the tabernacle. Rashi here, when he's discussing this, says clearly a number. He says there's 13 items that the Jews donated for the tabernacle. And all of them were either for the work of the tabernacle, meaning the construction, or for the priestly garments. So Rashi here is clearly saying 13, based on the, the source for this, which also says 13. But if you count them, there's actually 15. It's very interesting because whenever the Rebbe, the Rav has any talk that has anything to do with these, anytime he's, a new, he's giving a number, the lavasher is always careful to say thirteen, fifteen, thirteen, fifteen, thirteen, fifteen every time, because literally, if you count them, there's fifteen. But Rashi is clearly saying there's thirteen. So some explain that how Rashi gets to thirteen instead of the fifteen that we would count with our eyes is because there were three types of wool: a turquoise wool, a purple wool, and a scarlet wool. So since they're all made from the same material, wool, Rashi's counting them as one instead of three separate ones, which is how you get to thirteen and not fifteen. Others explain that two of the items here are not literally part of the construction of the tabernacle and not part of the clothing. The oil and the spices were needed for offering, but they weren't part of the construction, they weren't part of the priestly garment. The oil was for lighting the menorah, and the spices was for incense. So since Rashi is saying that these items are for the construction of the tabernacle and for the priestly garment, those two items on the list, yes, they were donated, but they wouldn't be part of his counting. And Rashi is saying 13, which is the number given by the Midrash that Rashi is quoting here. That Rashi refers to actually in other places. And I said, but always says thirteen, fifteen, which I guess means there's spiritual significance to both numbers. Getting back to the verse, this is the portion that you shall take from them, gold and silver and copper. Now all of this came voluntarily. Each person gave as much as they wanted, Again, we know in the silver, everyone had to give that half shekel coin, which was all that was needed for the construction of the tabernacle. It more, no more silver than that. This was the silver for the sockets, for the beams and the pillars of the tabernacle. And that was the only place in the construction of the tabernacle that used silver. People did dedicate more silver voluntarily, but that wasn't literally for the construction of the tabernacle. That was made into service implements that were used with the altar. Now, Bob Trudeau also comments on this idea that it's sort of interesting that the first thing we're told here is gold because if this list is from most precious to least, then we should start with a precious stone because they're more precious than gold. And this is from least precious to more precious, we should start with copper, which is less than silver, which is less than gold. It should have copper, silver, gold, not gold, silver, copper. So Bob Trudeau's answer is that in essence, the word gold is really talking about it what we all are, that every Jew is a piece of gold to God. And by starting with gold, it's because we're gold. We are God's gold, and that we should really look at ourselves that way and understand every Jew is gold. And because every Jew is gold, every Jew shed lots and lots of gold. Next verse, and turquoise wool, and purple wool, and scarlet wool, and linen, and goat's hair. So, turquoise wool, this wool is dyed from the blood of Chilazon, whose color is sea green. The Chilazon's body, according to the Talmud, was the shape of a fish and the color of the sea. And it ascended from the sea to the mountains once every 70 years. And therefore, the dye made from the blood was very, very, very expensive because you only could catch this fish once in 70 years. And from this dye, this is the T'chelet dye, that originally tits are supposed to have one strand, it's not white, it's this sea green, sea blue green from the Thilas dye, which comes from this chilazone fish that came up once in seventy years. Then the next one, the argaman, is purple wool, so it's wool dyed with a type of dye that's called argaman. And it's like a deep reddish purplish red, like a royal purple. And linen. So brush explains this is material made from flax, what we would call linen. And goat's hair, this means the pile of goats. Meaning it's not, that's why Uncles translates it as something coming from the goats. It's not the goats itself, it's not the flesh of the goats, or the skin of the goats, or the sinews of the goats, but it's the hair that comes from the goats. Next verse. And ramskins are dyed red, and the Hashem skins, and Shechem wood. The ramskins that are dyed red, Rashi explains, after the, the skins are tanned, it, they're dyed red. Chashim, Hashem is a type of animal that only existed at this time. It existed for the purpose of the tabernacle. Tabernacle, and it had many colors. And that's why Onkelis describes it as, with the word sas-gona, which means, it's, or it's a contraction of two words, sas, which means to rejoice, and gona is like the word gavna, which means all of her myriad colors, that she rejoiced and prided herself in her colors. And she existed, this animal, for the purpose of her skin being used for the tabernacle. She tem wood. Now, Rashi says that you could wonder how they have wood in a desert. So Jacob knew with divine inspiration that the Jews were going to leave Egypt, they were going to the desert, they were going to build a tabernacle, so they would need wood. So he brought these shittim woods, which some translate as cedars. But in the Talmud, the Talmud says there are 10 different types of trees, which we all call cedars. I don't know if it's cedar. We know cedar. Shittim wood. And so he brought these shittim trees to Egypt, and he planted them there. And he commanded his sons to take them with when they would depart from Egypt. So they had to chop down all the trees. And from the wood of these trees that Jacob had planted 210 years before, that's how they built the tabernacle. Now, of course, everything is very precise. And Shitin, as a famous Hasidic discourse, is from the word stutz, foolishness, because the idea is that we build the tabernacle from God by taking what seemingly could be the foolishness of this world, the evils of this world. Because nobody transgresses a sin unless the spirit of folly comes into them. That's where they sin. But take the foolishness and transform it and use it for God, like the sages that would juggle. It's a foolish thing for a sage to do, but juggle to celebrate uh, a, w- a wedding and make a bridegroom happy. They're taking such a foolish thing and they're making it so holy. And that's our job in this world, to take all the foolishness of this world and give it to God. Next verse, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, for the raising of the smoke of incense. Oil for the light, Raj explains, means pure olive oil to kindle a lamp continually. Meaning, our question is, I mean, we know what oil is, why does Raj have to comment on it? Because oil is not so precious. So why is this included as a special donation amid this list of very precious items? Rashi is saying it's not ordinary oil, it's the pure olive oil needed for the menorah. And you have to have special skill to prepare. And spices for the anointing oil, So Rosh explains this was an oil made to anoint the implements of the tabernacle and the tabernacle itself. And it had to be sanctified with these very specific spices in this compound with oil. And spices for the incense offering that every day, twice a day, in the morning and in the evening, the high priest would offer an incense offering to God. Next verse, shoham stones and filling stones for the aphos like the apron and for the khoshan. The shoham stone, so a person could wonder, you know, what stones are we talking about here? Especially because the shoham stone was also used in the khoshan, which is the breastplate. The epho was like the apron. Now on top of the epho, by the shoulders of this apron that, that on which is attached the khoshan, the breastplate with the 12 stones, 12 precious stones, so on the shoulders of that apron on which was the breastplate, there were two stones, shohan stones. They're usually translated as onyx stones. And they had these very, very big, special, huge onyx stones. And then the filling stones are the stones that were put in these gold settings in the breastplate, and they had 12 stones, one representing each of the tribe, and engraved in them were the names of the tribes and other words to create every single letter of the alphabet, of the Hebrew alphabet, because God would talk to them through these different letters on these stones lighting up. These were the filling stones because these stones filled the indentations on the breastplate that there were these 12 indentations for these stones to be filled there. So the Shoham stones, these like usually translates onyx stones, were for the afoot, for the shoulders, and the filling stones were for the breastplate, those 12 stones. And all this is described in detail, not in this Parsha, but in the next Parsha, the Parsha of tzavah, because this has to do with the clothing of the high priest. They shall make for me a sanctuary, so that I may dwell among them. They shall make for me a sanctuary, so Rashi says they make me a house dedicated to my name. Now, this is a very famous verse, because if you notice what Swish was, make for me a sanctuary that I will dwell among them. The question is, if it says make for me a sanctuary, it should say that I will dwell in it. What's I will dwell among them if there's a sanctuary? It's singular. But Hasidus explains that by making the sanctuary, we're bringing God to dwell in each and every Jew. That ultimately, each and every Jew is God's home, is God's sanctuary. If you make for me the sanctuary, I should be able to dwell inside of you. Next verse, in conformance with all that I show you, the form of the tabernacle and the form of all of its vessels, and so shall you do. Rashi explains here that this verse, what we're talking about is connected to the verse above it, to make for me a sanctuary, continuing in conformance with all that I'm going to show you. And so shall you do, Rashi says this refers to in future generations. If it said so shall you do, it would refer to what we're doing right now. So shall you do. Make for me now. This sanctuary with all these vessels. But and so shall you do is like an independent statement because of the and. It's like cutting it off. So it's saying and so shall you do in the future because if any of these implements are lost or when you're making implements for the ultimate temple, make these implements according to the format of the implements that you're making for the tabernacle, which doesn't mean that they were exactly the same dimensions. They weren't, but they were all proportionate to the implements of the tabernacle.